What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Voices in another episode of the Facts Project. Today, special guest, John Robinson IV, creator of Scorpio. Thank you for being here, brother. Yo, appreciate you. Thanks for bringing me on, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to do some, uh, have some conversation. Absolutely. So um, now, one of the first things that I wanted to talk to you about was, um, of course, with, with the with the Kickstarter now live now for Scorpio Volume mm -hmm. One. This is the first three issues of this book. Right, uh, right. First and foremost, how is this different from uh, books that you've written in the past, like Kamikaze? Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, so Scorpio actually started started way back, right? Um, like, I don't know, some like 2016. Like the idea started forming back 2016, and uh, that sort of thing. Um, how was different from like Kamikaze or or shorts and anthologies and stuff like that? Is most other projects I've done outside of Scorpio. So Scorpio is my big, my, my first big ongoing project. Um, those other projects have been smaller, like one shot type thing. So this is, this is kind of my first ongoing that's, you know, that's pretty much has no definitive end right now. Like it's, it's going to be going on for probably a good while. People always ask me, well, when's your, when's the series going to end? How many issues is it going to be? I don't know yet. <laughs> it's ongoing. So yeah, yeah. For sure. Now, now for anybody that has never, um, never gotten around to, to, uh, to knowing your book or if, if has ever even gotten a chance to, to read one of your issues through Kickstarter or, or right. possibly through your website before, if you could detail for the folks, like basically what is Scorpio and like, uh, what, it, what is it built around? Right, right. So basically, Scorpio is a is an urban fantasy mystical comic. It's about these twelve relics. They're uh, they're attached to the zodiac signs, and then uh, based on those signs, uh, the users get a particular ability. Right. So uh, you know, Scorpio, me being a Scorpio myself, if I, if I were to pick up the Scorpio relic, which is called the Sword of Shadows, then I would get shadow based abilities. But if you know another sign picks up that particular relic, um, they don't. You know, it doesn't do anything for them. So you have to have that particular sign. Um, and is the story be, you know, when the story starts or kind of prior to the story, uh, each each relic is given a protector, right? Um, at least initially. And then um, the, the relics are passed down over time to different protectors based on usually the prior protector's uh, discretion. So um, it's kind of built like that, but it is it is definitely um, in, in current day, like current current time frame. Um, so it's not like your high fantasy, anything like that. It's very like today, urban fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, when people are basically uh, bringing up the the themes in which they want to uh, utilize to create the stories in which they love, why mm -hmm. did you happen to choose urban fantasy rather than anything else? Was this right. something that you <laughs> always wanted to create? Yeah, it's probably because it's it's probably a little bit more relatable to me, right? I'm not getting wrong. I like I like your high fantasy stuff. I like your Game of Thrones and your and your uh, your uh, Wheel of Times and, and Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. I love that stuff. Um, and I'm not getting wrong. There may be, uh, I may have some stuff that I'm working on that is that, that kind of a setting, but, um, but I always like the idea of like mystics or magic being brought into our world. You know what I mean? Like something that the world that we know and understand, and then that kind of infringing on that and becoming, you know, like, oh, the world is not what it, what it seems. I mean, we still have our day-to-day -day life. And then we have this other parallel that we didn't know about, you know? Right. Is this like dimensional usage where basically um, inside of our world, there's ways to basically channel certain types of mystics uh, through, mm -hmm. throughout the cosmos just by general, general people and who they are, whether they're right. like strong-willed beings or strong-willed characters. Right, right. So there is an element, there is an element of, of uh, spirit, spiritual connection, right? So mm -hmm. uh, characters 
with a stronger spiritual connection uh, are, are better with, you know, using the relics. So for example, if I'm a not very spiritually, actually Danny in the, in the story, the, the mm-hmm. main character, he is not initially as spiritually connected as some other characters are, right? Uh... So um, he's a Scorpio, so we can use the relic based on being a Scorpio, right? But there are definitely Scorpios who are more spiritually connected than he is, and they would be naturally better with it. Um, it's arguable, you know, not to give any spoilers or anything like that, that, that Naomi may be naturally better with it because you, you see in issue one how, how she kind of has her, uh, she's very devout in, in terms of in, in terms of like what the Zodiac stands for and in terms of the training, in terms of um, following uh, or upholding one's legacy, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, versus Danny who's obviously very reluctant right, right. <laughs> so so she kind of has a naturally um more powerful connection to the relic than other than you know like than he has yeah so would you say that uh, the relationship between Danny and Naomi would be more so of a Dr. Strange Baron Mordo type of relationship <laughs> where Naomi uh, being so much devout she kind of criticizes Danny for not being right. uh astute to basically the the prophecies mm-hmm. and the rules that that basically go around where Danny is more so carefree. Oh yeah, he's he's extremely yeah he's he's very carefree. Uh, like to the, to the point. I mean, you know, page one, she has a knife to his throat. You know, <laughs> so that's the first thing you see when you open page the the book. You know what I mean? So you, we we already get the sense that that uh, that they're not vibing. You know, very well. Um, and, and then even through the conversation that happens uh, later on in that issue, you kind of get the sense that, okay, she is ruthless as she seems to be. She yeah. obviously has a, has a, a reasoning, she has a, you know, for, for the way that she's acting versus uh, Danny, who's very like, I don't even know, like, what are you tripping about? You know? <laughs> yeah. So in between these three issues, is there a moment where Danny kind of like comes to the realization where he gets it to where he uh, understands where Naomi's coming from? uh kind of yeah there, there, there's definitely a, there's there's definitely a, a a crossing over point that happens uh in issue three uh issue three there's definitely a, a point i won't i won't say that he that he fully just gets it and he's all in because it's not quite that quick of a progression but there's definitely a moment where he's like i i, I need to step up to the plate kind of a thing so yeah mm. now now in I guess in correspondence with the story, with the uh, the ever seen curiosity around uh, astrology, why detail your characters mm-hmm. in such a way? Right, right. So, uh, are you referring to the way they're dressed? Are you are you referring to just the using way, astrology in general? Yeah, just using astrology for the way that they're named. Got you, got you. Yeah. So, uh, so astrology was kind of like the it, it was the magic system. I, I came up with astrology for the magic system based on the the fact that in real life we all have a zodiac sign right like so mm-hmm. something that we can kind of relate to i can relate to being a script i mean people talk when they stop by the table at cons and i and i tell them with the book you know the very basics the, the first thing to ask is yo what's going on with aquarius or what's going on with leo you know so yeah. everybody kind of has a connection even without knowing anything about my book outside that it's a zodiac comic I, I just tell them it's a zodiac comic and bam that question hits you know what i mean so it's it's, it's kind of like a, a way to kind of bind people together in a way yeah um and then and then, and then the idea of astrology is even in our casual com- outside of this comic or anything like that anything like that in our casual conversation about uh the signs zodiac signs and astrology we're always 
talking about the compatibility between, you know, what's the compatibility between Scorpio and Virgo or, or you know, Pisces mm -hmm. and, and, and Gemini or whatever. You know what I mean? So there's this kind of a, there's kind of a, a sense of connection um, both to one another and then like a kind of like a spiritual connection, right? So the spiritual connection was the part that I wanted to expand upon, upon in the book to like ascribe a, a powers and abilities to these things. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, we already kind of have like a mystical, uh, uh, I guess, uh, way of looking at the Zodiac anyway, yeah. uh, or astrology in general. So let's like basically take that several steps forward in this book and apply a whole magic system to it. You know what I mean? So. Wow. So um, when, when it came to the character designs that you utilize to put this book together, um, you, you tend to basically this, you, you put everybody in like a certain look, like as far as like mm -hmm. Naomi and Danny, they have a signature look. The right, Virgos right. of course have a signature look. Was that, mm -hmm. was that the game plan going forth that pretty much because uh, people tend to have a connection when they're, they're utilized in the same sign. Right. Exactly. So you have, you have them almost looking alike in right, the story. Right. Was it yeah. was that was that force? Was that something that maybe the artist did, or was that something that you put together? Um, so I mean, it's, it's definitely all collaboration. So it, it, it was definitely me at the time working with uh, uh, Caesar Oliveira on, on you know the first issue, and then with Marco. It's definitely uh, so Scorpios definitely have a, a, a Assassin's Creed type vibe going on. Uh, yeah. Assassin's Creed uh -huh. slash like. You know, even even the casual guys like you meet you, you Lucas and um uh oh my quit Quincy <laughs> you meet you, you meet Lucas and Quincy in the first issue um and they kind of they have like a men in black type vibe going on and Naomi right. Naomi she kind of has men in black woman in black slash Assassin's Creed type thing going on um mm -hmm. and that's the, that's a Scorpio look very dark very in the shadows you know that that kind of a thing um versus like uh, when you meet uh, Libra. Libra is, is is far more um, idyllic, you know. She has like kind of a like a like godliness to her almost, or like a like goddess status, you know. And so everybody kind of has a a look that that's ascribed to them, um, you know, for based on the based on their sign, yeah, mm. and the culture, yeah. sign and culture. There's a little bit of both, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, like uh, Shakti, the the Libra character, her yeah. her dress is. It's not a full sari, but it's like sari inspired because she's Indian, right? So mm. everybody, everybody kind of said, and then, and then um, when you when you you'll meet Zahara in issue three, the Virgo character, um, she, uh, she kind of has a, a a dress style that is similar to uh, Middle Eastern styles. You know what I mean? Um, and like a, like a little belt style that's going on. So yeah, there's like you have yeah, base. It's so it's based on culture and you know their science in general. So like everybody kind of has their own look. Wow. So what um what is the sword of shadows and why is it a relic that's pretty much wanted by all? Right, right. <laughs> so like I said, everybody has each sign uh has a relic. So there's 12 relics uh, total, only one of each in the world, right? Right. Uh the sword of shadows, um, when the story begins, is the only relic that isn't claimed. Um, or it's supposed to be claimed by Danny, but he's kind of just threw it in a box right so right. <laughs> so it's the only relic that isn't claimed so uh another reason why everybody wants it that is a long game <laughs> that's a long game uh story uh plot point but uh i i can say that it can do something that the other relics can't do that is this that, that is important for uh 
the 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 opponents the enemies need that thing to do the, the it could do something that the other relics can't do that the opponents would like it to do i'm, I'm trying to like dance around the spoilers you know okay but yeah <laughs> I'm, i was about to say almost got you right right yeah yeah <laughs> so like is there i guess um in any type of fantasy uh book novel comic book whatsoever there's always a sense of world building that tends oh, yeah. to happen uh within oh, yeah. those like first three pages mm-hmm. uh if you if you could detail in a, in a way like how you were able to create these worlds within with, with within basically like the reality that's that's put forth yeah. within within the book like how did that go forward right right i mean so so everything so in any story any kind of storytelling i i like to call them threads uh stories usually start with a thread some kind of an idea the idea could be a relic you know like a you know like a weapon uh idea the idea could be a, a character archetype it could be the feeling of a world it could be you know it could be do a concept like the zodiac um in this case the thread was all right let's start with the zodiac and let's 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 see what it looks like to give the zodiac powers right Mm -hmm. from there i had to build the world around that well how do i want these powers to work i want everybody to have zodiac powers do i want certain people to have the powers and they they just be you know the one for that sign right um and and then eventually i landed on relics and then i started you know, from there, I started jotting down, okay, well, where, where did these drugs come from, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, I won't say it on here, because that's a, that's a story element that, that mm-hmm. will be revealed later. <laughs> but it's like, but I know that's a, that, that, that's a question that, you know, after people kind of zoom out from, you know, what's going on with Danny and Naomi, um, in these first few issues, that's the question that's going to come on people's mind, well, where do these relics even come from? Okay, I, I, we, we get that they're powerful, but magical artifacts have to come from somewhere right yeah so so that's kind of the so so the so that's where the world building began so once i started to zoom out on my own in my in my in my um story bible breaking down all right this is where the relics came from this is this is how um that's where the world starts to kind of form around that you know so again usually from a small thread and then it expands outward got you so is there some type of i guess uh to say is there some type of hierarchy to where there's a certain amount of uh is a certain amount of i guess signs out there that could mm. better utilize the sword of shadows or better yet utilize the relics in their own family? oh yeah is there, yeah is there a certain That's a good uh, question is there a certain matter of them that are more powerful than others um or can better utilize techniques or skills that they've learned or because of their i guess character personalities they are more so an asset to right. to the relics as a whole. Right. So, uh, so here's a story element that wasn't fully introduced yet, um, and it, it's not really a spoiler, but it hasn't been introduced in, the, in, the, in these few first few issues. But I can still talk about it. It's not anything that will like take story away or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there are uh, beings in the stories called sirens. Okay. Uh, the sirens are people who are able to, uh, uh, for, for lack of a better word, they can tell other people's true natures, right? Mm. Um, so sirens are people who can basically uh, weigh your soul uh, or weigh your spirit to an extent, depending on whether you've, you know, spirit, soul, uh, somewhat interchangeable in this story in terms of, in terms of that, that concept. But basically they're able to see it and weigh it. All right. So sirens are the ones uh, who work for the organization because it is kind of an organization called the Zodiac that 
that uh, protects these relics, right? right? So the sirens work for the organization and they point out potential prospects, right? Mm-hmm. Those prospects are then usually brought in some, uh, initially it's like very vague kind of an interview type thing. Like they will put a person in a situation with the current holder of the relic in a casual conversation, um, like very subtly kind of interview them right without them uh-huh. knowing they're being interviewed okay. um and, and that's kind of how they they weigh the kind of person they are um and whether or not they'd be a, a potential prospect um once a person gets to a certain level of you know judgment by that herald uh, the herald is the, the person who's currently holding the relic so like let's say it's the herald of uh capricorn right mm-hmm. um herald of capricorn is kind of weighing out whether or not a potential prospect is is good to hold the relic next in line possibly if something were to, ha- were to happen to them um after they get past a certain stage they would then bring that person in and say okay um here's what here's what we're about you know c- kind of slowly kind of a subtle introduction of information and so they finally lay out hey there's a whole mystical world out there you know um <laughs> uh and then and then that person would come in if they were to accept that person would come in and become, become begin training. So there are several prospects. Uh, in issue one, they don't say as much. I mean, I guess you'll find out in future issues. But in but in, but in issue one, um, you find out, or you don't you don't find out. But uh, Lucas and Quincy, who are with Naomi, they are prospects. Naomi is also a pros- a prospect, but she says it in issue two that she is an adjutant prospect. She is the adjutant prospect of Scorpio. The adjutant prospect is the person who was next in line to hold the Oh, okay. So, so secondary- that's why she's going after him. Okay. Right. Right, okay. right. So, so uh, it's kind of like that kind of a hierarchy, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. That explains a ton. Um, now, when it came to the current Kickstarter and the fact that you wanted to utilize the first three issues of this, this third issue to complete the volume, there's certain people that basically uh, figure out the the conclusion of one arc and they're they're seeing it as a means to complete this section of the arc and then move to the next. Why did you decide after three issues rather than maybe four or maybe six to basically complete this first volume? Right, right. So there's a couple of reasons. Number one, when I first started writing this comic, uh, there were, okay, so the number one reason is I knew that I was entering a new genre when I first started writing Scorpio. I mean, I had written some, I've written a short, a few shorts that were uh, published in anthologies and stuff like that. But I knew that um, even though I'm not new to writing, I'm new to writing comics and I wanted to keep things initially relatively simple, right? Mm -hmm. What I mean by simple is introduction of characters, introduction of enemy, resolution of conflict. That's your basic three act structure, right? Um, or a a version of a of a three act structure, at least for a comic book. It's not like the official three act or anything like that. But um, it is it is a simple means of introducing a book, introducing a story without getting too complicated with it. Because I'm still trying to figure out, or at the time I was still trying to figure out um, mm-hmm. the medium in general, right? Uh, so yeah, so I, I knew I wanted it to be. Uh, I, I didn't want to throw like a bunch of crazy mystic stuff right off the bat. I mean, it does get introduced yeah. as you go. You know, uh, I mean, in issue two, you, you learn very quickly, like, oh, this is this is for real. OK, yeah. there's some yeah, actual uh, powered stuff going on. It's not just people with guns and swords. Um, 
so yeah, I, I want I wanted to do that. The number two reason is because uh, it does like it does complete the story. You know what I mean? It does or or that story. There was no reason to stretch that on that particular story on. And, and what I mean by that is uh, that's just how it kind of fell when I was plotting the first few issues. Uh, in arc two, it's definitely not three issues, uh, and, and and not because it couldn't be three, but rather because the things that need to happen to wrap up that arc, it just goes beyond three issues. You know what I mean? Um, and the third reason is um, marketing and being a independent creator. All right. Um, if I was a, I don't know, a, uh, uh, with a large publisher or something like that, uh, and it was easier to get books produced and, and, and whatnot, then um, yeah, uh, I was I was initially thinking like yeah five five issues can complete it I'll probably do like a five issue five six issue volume one or something mm-hmm. like that but when you're talking about in the in the indie world by yourself um, there's been several people who have who have come by and said hey um, that book looks cool let me know when you have a completed volume right now when it comes to production for indie creators you know what I mean five six issues could be years you know what oh, I mean yeah. <laughs> yep. so uh, so. It was good that I can I kind of had plotted it out to be three anyways because now I'm able to do a completed well you know first volume that people can go and pick up that for basically it opens the door to mm-hmm. new readers because some people don't even pick up floppy some people only pick up uh, volumes you know what I mean I've I've had several people stop by the table and said hey let me know when you have you know the first volume and I'll, and I'll, I'll get that so uh, yeah that's that's kind of my three reasons uh, as to why it's it, it panned out to be three issues yeah and uh, even i and i totally understand it but even in the act of saying okay this is this is the third act mm-hmm. generally like whether it's the third act of a novel third act of a comic book third of mm-hmm. third act of a movie there's generally right. an ultimate cliffhanger that's going to lead to the to the next volume oh, the, yeah. next stage, <laughs> the next stage going forth would you say that you have achieved that as far, oh, as, far yeah. as the cliffhanger is concerned leading into this next volume for sure for sure yeah there's a there's something if there if there wasn't a cliffhanger it would it would be kind of you would kind of sit there and go okay that was cool but i don't know what he's gonna do after this or what they're gonna do after this because they you know this thing has resolved you know so what are they but there's a very clear at the in the at the end of three there's a very clear like oh that's some new information that's introduced mm-hmm. and this is this is why these characters are invested for the long haul you know right. so yeah there's, there's definitely a cliffhanger um yeah it's, it's it's kind of one of our it's it's kind of one of our rules as writers right mm-hmm. um you want to try to leave I, I try to leave a cliffhanger on every page it's it's tough <laughs> but it's it's it kind of a it's, a it's a it's a study to try to on the last panel of every page to try to leave it um to where the person has to turn the page or, or there, you know, like, you know, kind of like if I was reading a book or if you're reading a book, you're like, all right, I'm, 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 I'm going to read 12 pages. I'm going to pause because I got to do, do whatever, whatever. I try to make any page, uh, the end of any page be something that you have to read on. Because if you pause, it would like break your thought process, right? <laughs> like, so everything is kind of a page turner. Everything is kind of a, a or, or meant to be a page turner, something that you can't like really pause on. Um, and it's, it's doubly a uh, exponentially not even doubly exponentially important when you're talking about going between issues right so mm-hmm. yeah. 
and, and and that comes into effect even with the reader because uh even though because the, some of the readers have like different personalities you got some people that just want action as soon as they open up the book and that right. can be understandable but it might <laughs> lead to nothing but blah by like episode by page five right. and then you, right. you're pretty much getting get much out of there you for yeah. instance have taken the time to not only uh, to provide like almost an inner conflict within the first issue a lot of introduction within that first and second issue. Right, right. And, and now we, we're leading to this ultimate cliffhanger that's going to lead us into the next mm -hmm. volume, which is pretty yeah. much the second act. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to now, now I, I'll say this, between between these first three, three volumes, I'm sorry, first three issues, mm -hmm. going into this next volume, do we expect to see and int be introduced to a lot more characters or have we met everyone? Oh, oh no, we're definitely meeting more characters. Yeah. Um, so one one kind of baseline to know that you haven't met all the characters is if you haven't met all of the signs and know that they're that sign, right? Mm, okay. So, like for example, Amy's in the book and she's a main character, but we don't really we don't know where Amy's sign is. I didn't I didn't say where her sign is in the book. I mean, mm. she's a Leo. I could I can tell you that, but right. in the book. You know, we don't like because she's not the signed character, right? But when a signed character shows up, you'll know that it's them. Like when Libra shows up in issue two, you know that that's that's the one, right? I mean, right. she's doing some mystical stuff on you know on the first page. In issue three, when you meet Taurus and 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 Virgo, you know that they are the Taurus and the Virgo. Um, right. So you you at least will have to like throughout the series you at least will have to meet every signed character so that's 12 baseline right there yeah um <laughs> uh but yeah you you definitely so we meet we meet a few a few more in um like i said taurus and, and that's not really a spoiler because it's it's in all of the updates um <laughs> that i've been putting out online you meet uh virgo and taurus they're the next two signs that are introduced in issue three um in issue four uh, i've already told people this um People who come to the conventions kind of get the more of an inner scoop, but I'll say it on the, on the podcast here. Um, issue four and five is almost completely Pisces focused, mm. right? So, yeah, like you, so you get introduced to them, um, but you meet other signs as well. Uh, you yeah. meet Aries, Gemini, Aquarius. So you start, so they start to get very quickly introduced. Uh, is, it, is it more so because we're getting introduced to those characters that we're pretty much going to get introduced to their world and that everybody's everybody's storyline is now inserted into a Pisces setting. Right. So now we're, so now we're, now we're expanding. So the reason why it's Pisces focus is because the, 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 the focus shifts, uh, they don't become the main character. The main characters are still Naomi and Danny. They don't become the oh. main characters, but the focus in these issues shift to uh, this Pisces character. Right. Um, right. And, 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 but, but with that focus, what we're doing now is so in issues one through three, we're kind of in Danny's world. Right. Right, here's Danny. Uh, here's here's Naomi, who is who is basically, you know, <laughs> bulldozed into Danny's life. You know, um, that that that's his life, and we're kind of like, oh, Danny. I mean, honestly, people don't care about Danny because you know <laughs> he's like he's the he's the he's the cheater. You know, <laughs> right. I kind of introduced it as you wanted that, that he's not the greatest guy in the world, but um, but yeah, like you you're just in his world. Issue our arc two when we open up, we are quickly expanding outside of outside of that world we are we are quickly seeing oh 
this is the context of the world at large. And again, there's concepts that I won't say here because there's they're definitely yeah. spoilers for issue four. But yeah, you, I, I, I just got to say, that's where the world expansion really starts. That's where the story gotcha. really, really starts. Um, so yeah, you do, we do focus on Pisces, but we, but we meet, the reason why we start to meet people so quickly after that is because we're no longer just like looking at Danny and what he's doing. We're looking at what other people are doing as well. Got you. Got you. Now, now, just to backtrack a little bit, um, when we're when we're introduced to characters within the story, um, mm-hmm. you, you were saying you'll at some point in times, you know exactly who they are. Like, you know, uh, you know, that Virgo is Virgo, you know, right. that, but there's certain other characters that we get introduced that we have to sort of figure out what their Zodiac sign is. Is that more of the mystery of the book? Uh, kind of. So the, the fun thing is because everybody has a sign anybody can hold the you know you know the, the correct relic but they anybody can potentially hold the relic so just knowing that 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 uh, amy is a leo and because amy's already a very favorite character i mean some people have already claimed amy is their favorite just based on issue one you know what i mean right. um so there's kind of like that that in the back of your head that inkling of uh oh man she's a leo is she gonna is she, is she gonna get the Leo relic? You know what I mean. So it's it's kind of always that that wondering: Are they gonna have it? So yeah, it it is kind of a way to kind of play with people's minds a little bit, have a little fun with it. Because once you know somebody's sign, the f- first question you're gonna ask to yourself is: Are they gonna get that relic? You know what I mean? And they may, they may not. You know, it it depends. You know, it depends on what happens in the in the story. But yeah, but in terms of what I was saying about knowing that the sign holder is that sign holder everybody i make sure they have a debut that is profound in some way even capricorn's debut in issue two it was it was more of a cameo than a debut like an official debut but it was very secret like a very you know she's she didn't say anything it was very quiet they alluded to the idea that she must be powerful also she's in this room in this very nature earthy looking room and she's wearing all white she's the only character there wearing mm-hmm. all white she she stands out she's wearing a witch hat you know what i mean it's kind of like what is, who is that you know right. so everybody who is of some importance has an introduction like that you know what i mean so yeah dang okay well mm-hmm. uh well one one other thing i wanted to um wanted to ask is is of course the team that basically put this book together like how did it come about and uh you you were telling me that there's a very interesting story behind this you have an african american mm-hmm. author you have an italian uh an italian artist and you have a british editor uh, how did this team come to be to put scorpio together right right so the funny thing is uh i i made the mistake and i, and I say i say mistake because i i because i recommend people people don't do this um, but in issue one, I did not have an editor at first. Um, always have an editor. You should always one hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> you, should, you should always, always, always have an editor. Um, even even if uh, even if you think that oh yeah, my my stuff is is the hotness. You know what I mean? I mean that's not why I didn't have an editor. I just didn't have the foresight to realize how important it was for me to like go out and hire somebody. Blah blah blah. You know, um, I, I I knew that I should have, but I didn't it, like the, it didn't like hit me how important it was right um and then later on i was like you know what let me let me get right about this like i'm not sure what it was that flicked the switch i already knew but i just knew that um i don't know maybe it was having 
more funds and i was kind of like oh yeah i need to get an editor you know i don't know i don't know but in any case uh uh in terms of like after the first kickstarter i was able you know to more easily pay for certain things um but but yeah uh i didn't i didn't have an editor initially so but the very first thing i did was i I went out looking for an artist did not find an artist for the first several months it was it was rough i was on deviant art i learned about digital webbing later on which is still around but it's it's you know somewhat sparse you can still find stuff there but uh yeah uh, but yeah, digital webbing. Um, but deviant art is dangerous because um, not just because you don't know the people, but because you have people, you have to you have to guess people's professionalism. And what I mean by that is, um, I, I don't I don't mean how good they are at the job. I mean how invested they are when it comes to taking on a new project. Right. Is it very casual, like oh yeah, sure I'll draw you some pages, or is it very like, or or is it more like oh, what's your project about? Let me see if I'm interested and see if I want to take this on. And then once they accept it, they go, yes, I'm committed to be right. a part of this project. So like that was difficult um, initially. I got semi, not scammed, but I got uh, the one of the first person who was going to work on it ran off. I'm not going to put that person on blast or anything like that. But they ran off uh, and I had to like semi threaten them to get the money back that I oh, actually man. paid them. Um, I mean, like legally threaten them. Um, they paid it back immediately after that and then and then like it was yeah so i won't but but yeah but that's just to like detail like how difficult it was but then i found uh vivi um or viviana like yeah. call vivi for sure viviana is the colorist um on the book um and she is probably the most invested person <laughs> on the book um because she like she was just all in she loved the concept at the beginning um she loved the idea of working on the book uh I, I, I think that she liked that I was serious about the book. Like it wasn't going to be like, oh yeah, I'm just, here's a comic book and I'm just going to, here you go, you color it and then we're going to put it down and be done with it. Or, you know, like she, I think she got the sense that this was a, uh, we had vision basically. Yeah. You know, we, we had, we had places that we wanted to go. And so she was down for that. Um, and yeah, like it was, it was by pure, ch- like, like I said, the vast majority of people in DVR don't quite have that mindset. It is not that they're not professional at all. Is that a lot of people have the mindset of commission done next one? You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so it's so you have to find the people who want to work on a project, and that okay. can be difficult on places in places like DVR. Vivi was down for the project. You know what I mean? Um, now she was a animation student at the time. Um, she is now a full fledged animator. I can't even say what she's working on because NDA stuff, but mm-hmm. she's working on big things. But she still is 100% down for Scorpio. Uh, I mean, she told me the last time we, we chatted, she was like, yeah, pretty much no, no matter what I'm working on, like, I'm always going to be on this. So, so I'm like, all right, yeah, we're, we're down. So Vivi actually helped me find Marco, who is the artist okay. on issue two, three, and then going forward. And they're um, both from Italy. Yeah, yeah, they're both from Italy. So that's why, that's probably why he's Italian, because her circle was, she knew a lot of Italian artists. So in her circle, uh there was actually a bunch of other Italian artists as well that we were looking at, but we ended up settling on Marco. Um, And now Marco is also very invested. Um, So I definitely appreciate the two of them very, very, very much. Um, Now, uh, uh, Andrea, uh, the editor on the book, in the, after I came out with Scorpio, I suddenly got started getting hit by all kinds of people. Like it was kind of like, Oh, a book. Oh, dang, this book is kind of decent, blah, blah, blah. And I was giving, I was like, man, like super humbled, like, I didn't know what I was doing about the gate. People were excited about it. So yeah. people started trying to get me like on different books, right? 
So I ended up, uh, I ended up, and I won't name the company just for, it's not really anything bad, but I'll kind of, I'll just leave the company name out of it in case it may sound off. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> so there was a, there was a company that I got with um, and I, and I met two people. I met LaShawn Colvin um, and, and uh, her uh, number two, basically her assistant editor uh was is is andrea smith right so lashawn and andrea were my editors for this project that i basically was uh getting put on to do for this publisher right so it was a whole different book whole different thing i mean we even knocked out the whole script and everything it didn't pan out which is a lot i want to i don't want to like name the uh publisher it was 100 percent on the publisher even the editors even even lashawn and and, and and andrea were like what is going on like I thought we were like green, like what's happening. Yeah. So that project didn't happen yet. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still going to happen because we have a full script and like the story, the story is like, I've got a lot of things panned out for this story. So um, but anyways, I met Andrea through that. Um, now LaShawn was supposed to be my main editor, but uh, she had put, cause she's very busy editing other things. She put yeah. Andrea as a primary on my book. Well, I vibed with Andrea a bunch on, on, on working with that book. So we ended up, I ended up reaching out to Andrea and saying, hey, do you want to edit for Scorpio? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. Um, so she came on and, and, that, and that's how we got. And she, so it's just my happenstance. She's from the UK. Like, it, right. I mean, I don't, it, it, I, I didn't reach out to the UK specifically or anything like that. It, it just by chance. Because, I mean, funny enough, LaShawn's from Alabama. She's closer to me than Andrea is. Yeah, right. So, uh, so yeah, it was kind of like, it, it just kind of happened like that. Um, but yeah, uh, Andrea, she's excellent. She, so she loved the other comic project they were working on. She loved it. I mean, she was just like, man, I'm 100% down for script. And it was funny. And it was funny because when she got to the Scorpio too, she was like, what is this? <laughs> like, like she was mad at the script. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, not that it was bad, but she was just kind of like, I read the other script and that script was better than this script. What's mm. going on? So um so yeah, we went through the script. We we edited. I mean, of course, it obviously it came out well and everything like that. But but she basically she she pushes me because she's like, I see, like I've read your other stuff, you know, yeah. and I know your different areas where you're where you're capable of, and I could tell when there's something that's like this is lacking. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And so she's she's real, you know what I mean. And that's why that's what you need is that you need somebody who's real. And so she she said that about two issue three. She was like, "Oh man, this 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 is great. We edited some things out." Issue four, man, she literally was like, she got on a call with me for issue four. This is actually just a couple of weeks ago, um, and she goes, "Man, I feel bad. Um, I feel bad, like uh, you know, taking payment for editing for this book." And I was like, "What do you like? What do you mean? You're the editor? Like what? because you, she goes, you didn't have to edit anything." She goes, I don't have anything to change. <laughs> just like she was, she, she, I mean, it was, it was really good. I mean, it was, it was, it was like high praise. And I was like, super like, like wow. Because she's again, she's, she's hardcore with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, wow. She was like, yeah, like this was excellent. You know, and her saying is excellent. I'm not saying it on my merits. I'm not saying, oh, I wrote an excellent issue four. I'm saying that based on what she said, that I think issue four and going into arc two is going to be like, I mean, next level stuff. Because right. not because I said it, because she said it. You know what I mean? Um, so so that was it was high praise for her saying, like, I don't I don't know what to edit. You know, like I mean, we talked about a few things, but they were all like, you know, no, this is hitting. Like all of it is hitting. So mm-hmm. let's just let's just keep going. So that's that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Dope. Now now being a an established an established 
author, uh, comic book author for Kamikaze, for Scorpio, uh, mm-hmm. through your th- anthologies. You've decided amongst yourself that maybe the community at large needs to have uh, a sort of collaboration and as such to where you started a podcast series called Beyond the Fourth Wall, where you mm-hmm. basically get to talk to not only established writers like yourself, but you get to talk to, of course, fledgling writers who mm-hmm. are just starting out and pretty much are getting getting their feet dirty for the first time. You know, um, if you if, if you could tell us about that podcast series and why you started it in the first place. Right, right. So I feel like I feel like um, I, I'm very much a proponent or, or, or not a proponent, but I very much have the mindset that if you have a skill set of, of 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 some sort, right, that you should try to use that skill set um, either to help others. Well, you want to help yourself too, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like that's definitely like I, I feel like if you have a skill, try to find a way to monetize it. Blah blah blah. But beyond that. I feel like you should try to help others with that skill set or and in the case of this podcast um, is is basically bring that skill set to another level. So what I mean by that is I am talking on the podcast about writing um, some early episodes and some here and there episodes. I, I do like solo episodes, but most of them are talking to other other writers um, about their process, their, their process in writing, because I believe if you do something that it's 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 good to basically give back to the community you know what i mean it's 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 because it, then people have something to to kind of look forward to other than just your writing so it's kind of like okay you wrote scorpio that's great um but also let me show you my 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 thought process when i'm writing in general you know this is mm. you know this is what i this is what i do and then let me talk to other writers about their thought process when when they're writing and you can hear us have a discussion about that on the podcast. So yeah, I I've talked to, I mean, all kinds of people, um, a lot of star Wars writers on there. Like mm. that just happened. It, it probably happened because I read a lot of star Wars books and then I reach out to them. So, so it kind of just happens that a lot of them are star Wars writers, but I've read funny enough. Most of them I've read their other books that aren't just star Wars as well. Yeah. Um, so like people like um, Charles soul, uh, Kevin Scott, um uh Kelly Sue's not a she's not a Star Wars writer but Kelly Sue DeConnick yeah. she's uh like Captain Marvel uh stuff like that and I, and I just reach out to him like and, and one of the reasons I could reach out is also because you know prior to I but prior to doing like writing comics or telling the world that I was a writer anyways was um basically just being in the comic world I used to have a blog called for well, I mean I still have fourball.net but it used to be a blog where I just blog oh, about okay. comics and stuff like that and that's, that's kind of where I got put on you know what i mean in the comic world and mm. comic twitter and whatever um so like yeah i i, I often like cross paths you know how twitter is you often yeah. cross paths with these people this is online. true line <laughs> um, hey, so, you can't believe that you're talking to them but you are right exactly i mean i mean i was still mind blown the day gail simone followed me i'm like oh okay what's up and then when i met her in person i was like yeah i don't know if you remember me um, you know, you followed me a while back. She's like, yeah, I remember you. What's up? <laughs> so it's, so it's kind of, it's kind of fun. It's, it's, it's kind of funny just meeting people. Yeah. It's, it's, that's why, that's why Twitter is so wild. Like there's a lot of negativity on Twitter, but there's also a lot of like positive. There's a lot of collaboration. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot it's, of collaboration. And the thing is you come to find out, I guess, uh, and my bad in cutting you off, but no, no, you, come to, you come to find out, I guess, 
even in the midst of a lot of mainstream comic book writers within mm-hmm. Marvel, DC, image, boom, whatever. So, so may have mm-hmm. yeah. these, these people are pretty much reaching out for ideas, just like people that okay. are in the world yeah. as, more so as much is that they're looking for a ways and a means to basically bolster their own stories mm-hmm. rather than pick it. And I'm sure it was their dream come true to right. do characters Absolutely. for Marvel and DC or anything mm-hmm. like that. But they're they're still trying to like basically <laughs> uh build up some type of acumen where where they where they're like reaching out to fledgling uh, other writers, mm-hmm. seeing what they're about, seeing how they're writing, what's that context there. Right. Maybe their dream project isn't writing Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe it's like something that they've created in their house that they had this notebook sitting on their desk for like 10 years that they've mm-hmm. been wanting to put out but haven't had the chance to see that, that's that's the funny that's the funny thing it's funny as you mentioned that because so in addition to the in addition to the podcast i also do a, a writer's chat every week yeah on wednesday yep the so space. so the so the so the writer's chat is where i i come up with uh, yeah today's yeah so tomorrow i got a writer's chat right um and i have a topic i come up with five questions for that topic that we talk about that thing in in great detail and usually there's anywhere i mean they come in and out it's usually about uh, a dozen to, to two dozen people in there coming in and out um you know how twitter spaces is people always you just kind of join and leave yeah, but but yeah it's, it's, listen, it's, bounce right yeah yeah but there's an average of about of about at least a dozen people in there sometimes honestly oftentimes more than that but at least a dozen um and we just talk about these topics one guy on there asked me because I guess they they realized it's like oh man I see you you have this this comic book and they were like so what's your what's your dream in the in the in the you know professionally uh, and I was like oh you know um, I think probably to get my books out there probably to probably probably get my books seen you know at the at the you know at, at a large scale by the you know large scale world level and they, but he kept asking me the question over and over again and I was like what are you like I, I, didn't, I didn't get what he what was are you alluding to right and then he and then he finally said he goes well, what character do you want to write? Is, do you want to write Spider-Man? And I was like, oh, I get where you're coming from. So I, then I, so I told it to him like this. I said, basically, a long time ago, like very long time ago, I did have like that dream of, oh, that would be really cool to one day write Spider-Man. Blah, mm-hmm. blah. But as time passes and you, and you write stories and you, you learn to write, you get better at writing, you know, the idea of writing this other established character in this other established world don't get me wrong it's still fun of course it definitely it definitely falls on the scale from my life dream down to like that would be cool to do you know what i mean whereas your life dream is definitely for your worlds and your characters to get out there so that so he he was trying to basically he was trying to get at what character and what property i wanted to write and i was like oh well it would be cool to write several properties i mean i definitely do want to write star wars like that would be the closest to what he was looking for is a my dream thing like I, mm-hmm. I i would love to write in the star wars universe but um but no like my 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 dream is that for my stories to become well known enough that the world sees and reads them that's that's the dream right there you know uh yeah <laughs> so yeah. people yeah. people don't seem to me is seem to see that and i think more right. than often lately more mm-hmm. than lately because you know there was uh just just last year when Substack came online. The first thing that oh, yeah. happened was a lot of established creators started to do their own projects mm-hmm. through Substack. 
something exactly. that more so maybe they always wanted to do. Right. You know, so right. it wasn't it wasn't necessarily oh I'm writing um the new Batman story or everything like that. If you're an avid comic book reader, you know that there is at least at least 50 to 100 iterations storylines about <laughs> Batman. It was like right, right. what could you do that differs from those other 100? Mm -hmm. So it's like you have to like sit there and rack your brain about the story that you would want to create rather than mm -hmm. something that maybe you had to put down on the page yourself. Right. And, and, and the more time that it passes, the harder it becomes, I can oh, imagine. Yeah. I um, can like, the, like you got to, you know, you get put on, like if somebody put me on Batman today, I don't know what the heck I would write for I Batman. I have a clue. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I did have ideas for Thor, but let me tell you, Jason Aaron hit that on the, that nail. Oh, on yeah. the head. A long time ago, I had this idea. I was like, man, I really want to dive into Thor's like worthiness. You know what I mean? Mm. But man, if Jason Aaron didn't yeah. dig, I mean, unworthy like, Thor? really, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the whole, honestly, the whole, I mean, unworthy Thor, yes, but like the whole run from the God Bomb um, up to now, you know, up like last year when it, or was it? year before last when it ended i mean um, so much so that it's being adapted coming out next month right exactly like he really hit that like perfectly so i mean i remember i wrote this thing for the darkness top cow's character the darkness mm -hmm. and um and i remember you know to prepare i had, to, I had never read darkness before i was just entering the competition um and i remember to prepare i, I just I don't know, let me just read all everything darkness i read a little bit of witchblade and i mean this is a whole world i had never really dove into before um and as I went, I remember coming up with ideas. I was like, oh yeah, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna come from this angle. I'm gonna come from this angle. I had like all like, I had like five, six ideas that were coming as I was reading. But lo and behold, as I read, because there's hundreds of issues, as I read through every single idea that I had when Phil Hester took over, especially when Phil Hester took over mm -hmm. and uh, other writers took over after him, every single idea was hit. And I was like, word <laughs> like every idea like i was like man well what if what if i have a what, what if what if we do something where uh there's there's a weapon because you know darkness is like you know he's got this he's the, he's the darkness yeah. i was like well what if he what if he's working with somebody who has a, a light-based weapon and this weapon is you know they find a way basically a weakness for darkness you know mm -hmm. um they, they hit on that storyline i was like okay well what if what if like there's a storyline where where he has where the some of the angelus power that's the opposite of darkness gets inside of um mm -hmm. jackie that's the main character of darkness that was hit vaguely you know okay i was like all right well, what if we tell a storyline where if the darkness goes under he meets past like that got hit i was just like bro they, they, like every idea yeah that i had because that's what happens when the character is going on for that long you know what i mean so you so basically for characters like batman superman it's incredibly hard to write stories for them because oh. they so many people have done it has to be yeah it has to be <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's to the point now where DC is like jumping into like Dinosaur Justice League. Mm -hmm. Like like you've ran out of ideas. You're doing, <laughs> yeah, just, you're doing the Jurassic League. Doing everything. And, <laughs> and you're doing, uh, what is it, uh, DC Megazords, where all mm -hmm. the Justice League characters were Megazords. Like you, you're yeah. just, now you're just taking intellectual properties and just, <laughs> you're just mushing them, mashing them all together, turn them into clay and be like, here, take that. I, I, I remember at one point wondering, Man, what if Spider Man wasn't broken? He had his own company. Bam, 2014 hit. Yeah. Start, start, uh, what is it? Parker Industries. I was just like, well, <laughs> they did it. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, it, 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 it's not too often that we get to realize, I guess, us as human beings are pretty sentient beings. Like, we, we do mm-hmm. think alike. Right, you know, exactly. that, that whole venom thing, you know, the, the, the hive mind, regardless of how big you think the hive is, somebody mm-hmm. high right. up is still <laughs> the same thing, you know? Exactly. Regardless. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. But brother, I look, I feel like I, I had a, a great talk with you. This was excellent. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, so uh, uh, if, if anybody has not read your books, uh, how can they get their hands on Scorpio? Because the Kickstarter is still live right now. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. So um, if you go to ScorpioComic.com, it'll take you directly to the Kickstarter uh, page. Usually goes to my web store, but while the Kickstarter is going on, it goes to the Kickstarter. So um, yeah, ScorpioComic.com goes to the Kickstarter. Uh, right now we are, I haven't looked, I honestly haven't looked all day. Because I I, I I barely look at the numbers like throughout the day. I like I like realize before I go to bed, like, oh, let me check the numbers. Uh, but um we're somewhere we're somewhere less than a thousand. Like we're somewhere around oh, that, yeah. uh left to fund. So we're still not funded yet. We're almost there. Um, I'm confident that we'll hit it and hopefully go beyond. Um, but but yeah, you, you can go there. Also, you can find me online on Twitter at fourth wall. That's I V W A L L. You can look up Beyond the Fourth Wall of Writing. Again, Fourth Wall spelled the same way, I-V-W-A-L-L. It's on all major podcasts, Google, um, Spotify, all that. You know, so Basically, you just Google it and it'll, it'll pop up. Um, my Instagram is Scarrett's. A lot of people online know me as Scarrett's. So um, somebody's sitting on Fourth Wall for Instagram, so it's still Scarrett's right now. Um, but pretty much everywhere you can find me either at Scarrett's or uh, at Fourth Wall. Got you. Got you. So Scorpio volume one still live on Kickstarter right now with about like a little less than two weeks left. Um, So John Robinson, the fourth, this is James Grandmaster Facts Boys, and we are out. Out.